episode two and today we're going to continue where we left off uh, with Oswald and the uh, multiple theories um, regarding his uh, shots from the uh, book depository building. Um, there are many theories about multiple shooters so before you know we kind of just did an over overlay of uh, all the things that happened um, and the multiple possibilities uh, that Oswald had um, in relation to the shots from the book depository building, um, all the issues with the Warren Commission and uh, everything to do with that. Uh, can I have Can I have you explain what the Warren Commission is for the people that don't know what the Warren Commission is? Yeah, so the Warren Commission um, was named after the, uh, the chairman, uh, Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice Earl Warren, um, one week after LBJ was sworn in, he created the commission by executive order. Um, yes, so the commission was created purely to investigate um, the assassination of JFK. It's basically the uh, one of the first congressional uh, committees um, that was put together um, that became uh, a landmark of um, how future government investigations were going to be ran. So now when people talk about war the Warren Commission or um, any congressional committees doing oversights in into um, nefarious activities, they always refer back to the Warren Commission because it was widely believed that the Warren Commission was doomed from the beginning and was created to come to the conclusion that Oswald was a lone gunman and that he shot JFK in all the ways that they described in the Warren Commission. And it's basically um, uh, referred to now like a rubber stamp for the government describing what happened. Like after 9-11, after uh, they created the 9-11 Commission which was basically the same type of concept. Uh, they wanted to decide that 19 hijackers... Um, so it's like their official story. The official story of... From the government. From the government. And then they just name it something and it just happened to be named the Warren Commission yeah, after this guy. Yeah, and that's how all, all, of, uh, all of those commissions typically are. It's almost always named after one of the chief just justices or... Something like that, but so yeah. So it's basically just a name for what the government story is officially um, that they like distribute to the people. Like this is what we are saying happened. Kind of like you said, the rubber stamp thing. Like they just right. stamp it done and over with. And the reason that they created the Warren Commission is because there was such a big amount of uh, confusion about uh, the whole thing that happened with Oswald because he was shot you know, in police custody right after, um, being, uh, apprehended. Well, I'm sure there was know, a lot of confusion because right. how many people were actually there who witnessed the actual shooting of JFK who were like, what do you mean he was shot, you know, from that building? Like, you know, I was right there. This is, this is what I saw, you know? Right. So there's probably a lot of people who questioned it. Yeah. That's so to me, I, I believe that they, uh, did the commission purely to, um, make it seem like they were investigating what had happened. But I, I think that they really started it so that they could um, quell any um, naysayers, uh, you know, because later on in 1976, um, after Watergate and after the emergence of the Zapruder film, you know, which we talked about the Zapruder film in the last uh, episode, um, after the... Um, discovery of the, uh, you know, after Watergate and after the Zapruder film, they did another commission in 1976, uh, which was the Select Committee on Assassinations to reinvestigate the JFK um, 
assassination and also to investigate MLK's assassination. Mm -hmm. So the Warren Commission was uh, ruled to be most likely, uh, probably there was a conspiracy involving a second gunman. Um, That's what the 1976 um, House Select Committee um, on Assassinations came up with. So even they think that as well. Right, yeah. There was another, you know, in 1976, after the, um, you know, they'd been sitting on the Zabruder film Mm -hmm. and uh, the whole thing that happened with Watergate, you know, which obviously we're just going through a whole bunch of shit with the country where people are losing faith in all the institutions. You know, Nixon had just raided Watergate, found to be um, doing dirty tricks, uh, political tricks, um, that whole thing was discovered, and then, um, you know, shortly after that, they decided to, to reinvestigate the actual JFK uh, Warren Commission uh, evidence because most, you know, so many people had countering ideas as to what had actually happened during the investigation. So that's where we're going to go into here, and we're purely just going to go into all the... Um, multiple shooters okay so i'm sure you've heard the term uh the grassy knoll yep have you i have heard of that yes what what is that do you can you if someone said hey what's the grassy knoll what would Um, you say i guess what i would assume is that so on the other side I don't remember if it was, like, on the other side of JFK or if it was, like, up in front, but somewhere there was, like, a grassy area where either someone saw someone, like, shooting from that way or they just suspect that because of the angle and, like, the trajectory of, you know, how JFK was, like, hit and his head flung back or whatever. So that's what I thought it was. Yeah, so uh, the grassy knoll theory is um, the the uh, biggest uh, conspiracy on multiple shooters. So uh, there was about, you know, somewhere between 40 and, you know, there was about 600 people in Dealey Plaza that day. Mm -hmm. And they had uh, a lot of witnesses um, at the assassination that claimed to have heard shots or seen smoke coming from the northwest corner of Dealey Plaza a.k.a. the Grassy Knoll. So, throughout the Warren Commission's investigation, they um, kept having all these people talking about smoke or hearing shots coming from the Grassy Knoll, which is closer, you know, it's not in the same direction. It's basically from kind of like behind the book depository building. Okay. so, you know, there was about 600 people in Dilly Plaza that day, and only about 200 people were interviewed for the Warren Commission. Um, you know, so they interviewed all, they only interviewed about 200 people, but they didn't interview some of the people who were closest to the president during the assassination. Um, you know, and a lot of the people that were the closest were never identified, or if they were, they weren't interviewed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just imagine you're watching JFK roll by in the motorcade. And you're like in the front row. Front yeah, row. you're standing on, you're because it's just on the street. Right, so you're, you're just like standing on the sidewalk, there. like right, right up front, you're right. front and center. So some people have a view of away, you know, from Dilly Plaza, others have an, a view looking towards, you know. Um, depending on what side of the street you're on. So there could have been people who were super close that saw and heard everything, everything, you know. And out of those people, um, a lot of them weren't um, interviewed. And if they were interviewed, uh, they kind of just left out a lot of that information about the Grassy Knoll in the Warren Commission. Mm -hmm. So later, um, you know, in the Warren Commission also, there was... Uh, eight, at least eight claimed um, that the shots came from the grassy knoll. Um, about 38 of the witnesses also claim to have seen or heard the shots from there. Um, but most of these witnesses claim to have heard the shots from the grassy knoll 
in various ways by the railroad tracks or behind the fence of the grassy knoll. So right behind the, the, that little grassy area was a fence and behind the fence um, was railroad tracks. And all the people that they interviewed, um, all the people that the Warren Commission interviewed at that time, uh, you know, those 38 people roughly, a lot of them claimed to hear the shots coming from the grassy knoll or to see smoke coming from the grassy knoll. Um, so basic, you know, basically the grassy knoll theory is that um, lots of witnesses think that they heard shots and saw smoke coming from the grassy knoll. Well, um, to play devil's advocate here, like just as an example, like our neighborhood, like the sound in our backyard distributes so strangely. So what sounds like it's coming from like right outside our bedroom window is really like completely opposite side of the house and a street down. You know, and we also live next to railroad tracks, which you are going to see smoke sometimes from that when they're coming through. So, I mean, it's possible that, you know, depending on the setup of that, because from, like, the videos I've seen, like, the president kind of comes around a bend and whatever, and there's all big buildings, so it's possible that it's kind of an echoing situation there, too. I mean, you know. Yeah. That I'm is not discrediting what people think or saw or anything like that, but I just wanted to play devil's advocate there right and with the acoustical part of uh dilly plaza that day um i can't recall if it was in the warren commission or if it was in the uh 76 um house select committee on assassinations but they went through all the acoustical evidence of dilly plaza that day and put that into evidence that um the shots were, were coming from um the depository building um but then all the evidence was later disproved. Um, based on the acoustics? Based on the acoustics. But but no, that evidence was disproved. Like, that, it, the acoustical evidence wasn't good enough. Oh, okay. So it, it was basically, like, not thrown out because it wasn't okay. uh, good enough to be introduced as evidence. Well, you'd think that that'd be kind of an important part, actually. Right. Uh, you know, so it, it just got um, discredited later on. Um so that's the grassy knoll. The next uh, theory um, that they have is the umbrella man theory. Uh, so some speculate that a man holding a black umbrella shot a poison dart at JFK to immobilize him for Oswald or other shooters or as a signal signaler um, for people to, to shoot. Uh, so in some f photos... Um, you can see a man holding an umbrella uh, right as the shots are fired. Um, so some people think that he either fired a poison dart at um, JFK, causing him to become immobilized, making it easier for people to shoot him, or they think that he was a signaler for other shooters. Um, so... Hold on. That's a theory. Uh, th that's the Umbrella Man theory. Okay, so hold on. Let me, let me get this straight here. So this theory is that some guy with an umbrella, a fucking, like, African <laughs> safari blow darts the president to immobilize him. Mm -hmm. That's being filmed on TV, so... I well, mean, it was only being filmed by the Zapruder. That's okay, the only. Still, like, I mean, he didn't. No one really knew they were being filmed. It was just that one guy up in the stands. Okay, but my point is, it's still being filmed by someone. There's still video footage. So you think that you would see him g get hit with a, a blow dart or whatever out of a umbrella? Or I, I mean, I guess I could see the umbrella being as a signal to someone. I, I could see that. Yeah. But the blow dart thing. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's pretty far-fetched. I mean, no one's taking down a wildebeest here. I, I mean, and it's all on video, so you'd think that that would be either, like, a proven thing that people could see or not see, you know? I don't know. I just... Yeah, I mean, it, I all you can really that. tell is it looks like he could possibly be signaling or... It's just weird. The, the, the thing about it is it's weird. Like, what the... It was a sunny day in Texas. What the hell do you need an umbrella for? You know, that I think that's what really... Maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's albino. Maybe he doesn't like the sun. Right. I don't know. But, so, you know, obviously this became a theory. This right. became another type of grassy knoll theory. So in 1978, 15 years after the assassination, Louis Stephen Witt, 
this is the guy holding the umbrella. Okay, so they have identified him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, told the House Select Committee on Assassinations, um, so that was the second commission, mm -hmm. that his umbrella definitely was not a gun or hiding any darts or anything. He said he took the umbrella as a bad joke um, aimed at calling attention to JFK's father being su in support of Brit British Prime Minister uh, uh, Neville Chamberlain, who um, appeased the Nazis during World War II. So basically a one-man pro protest um, against uh, JFK. Um, uh, you know, So having a black umbrella as a protest was used before to protest against Kennedy. Um, Witt said that, you know, in the Guinness Book of World Records, uh, had a category for people at the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing, I would be number one. So I literally was just going to say that. So this guy theoretically <laughs> could just be, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Because right. I know I have been that person before in certain situations doing dumb stuff like that, like doing like dumb prank stuff or whatever. And it's meant to be funny and it ends up blowing up in my face. Right. You know? So he said that he took the, uh, the black umbrella there because he was against JFK and he wanted to bring awareness to the fact that JFK's dad had um, been sympathizers with Chamberlain, who was a Nazi sympathizer during World War II. Okay. I mean, it's pretty obscure I mean, maybe, but at thing. the same time, like, I guess, I don't know, if I didn't support someone, I probably wouldn't go to watch their parade through town. I mean... Well, you know, I mean... I mean, he said he was there kind of to protest, I guess, but he... He was just there watching. He didn't do anything. So no, that, that's supposedly. why he that's that's why he says he was there, like trying to show him the umbrella. Okay. All right, I get it. So JFK would see it when he walked when he drove by, like, so oh, that might, motherfucker. Yeah, so he might be, <laughs> you know, might notice him standing alone there with this umbrella. Music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, so that's what. Like nice asshole. Yeah, okay. so that's basically what he um. Was, that's what he was going for. That's what he was going into, for. It turned into whole. You know how crazy that is, though, really to think about, like how. Um, like, if that is the case, that that guy just went there to be, like, a kind of a funny one-man protest type thing, and now he will, like, forever be known and linked to this case forever. Right. Isn't that kind of, Which, I mean, that's what he was. Uh, that, he, I mean, that's, I mean, it's just crazy to think about, like, if he was just some poor schmuck who showed up there with an umbrella just to kind of be a dick, and then, you know, now he's forever linked to this, and as a potential, you know, conspiracy himself, that would just, I don't know, it's just interesting. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that's the Umbrella Man theory. Um, there's not much to it, but it's a perfect aspect to a conspiracy theory because it, it brings that, like, odd factor. You know, it's not like... It's the odd factor, but it's the, well, maybe, but did he? Yeah, no, you no know, way, it's, it's but like... maybe, you know. It brings in that cloak and dagger. Because um, he did admit that he didn't like JFK, so, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it mm -hmm. doesn't help his case any, so... Um, but, yeah, I don't know, I just... Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next the next theory is this one is a little uh, wild, and I I had never heard this up until recently. So uh, Charles Har Harrelson, um, who happens to be Woody Harrelson's I'm just, dad. I'm just gonna ask that. Um, some claim that he was some claim that he was a possible shooter. Um, as part of the three tramps um, on the grassy knoll. So after the assassination, there was this, uh, another photograph that circulated later that of these three hobos um, who had been picked up in the rail yard shortly after the assassination. Um, and people speculate that possibly they could have been the shooters on the grassy knoll also. Um, so some believe that Woody's dad, Charles, was the tallest and youngest of the three tramps. Um, the three tramps were three men photographed shortly after the assassination being escorted by police, um, near the Texas, uh, school book depository building. Uh, some believe they were the shooters on the grassy knoll. Two of the shooters were to believe to be, so t two of the shooters were believed to be the Watergate burglars, um, E. Howard Hunt and Frank Sturgis. However, however, this is contested by photographic experts, but many still believe they were part of the three tramps. 
and um, and that the other one was Charles Harrelson. But all of this is completely contested information. This is kind of a, another weird thing. They just happened to be in a photograph shortly after the assassination being um, escorted by police um, back behind the grassy knoll away from the rail yard. But what links Charles Harrelson, Harrelson more than that is... Um, so Charles Harrelson, while in a standoff with police and high on cocaine, confessed to killing JFK. Um, so Charles Harrelson's dad... Or Charles Harrelson was convicted of killing a federal judge, um, John H. Wood Jr. And during the trial, um, this other guy named Joseph Chagra testified that Harrelson had claimed to be the JFK shooter, um, but that guy Chagra didn't believe him. But uh, when um, Charles Harrelson was apprehended by the police, he got in a huge standoff with with the cops, and while he was in the standoff, you know, he was ran, ranting about being JFK shooter. Um, but yeah, he claimed to have shot Kennedy. Um, so during the trial of the the murder of the judge, so he was actually convicted of that murder of shooting that judge. Okay. Charles Harrelson was. Did he admit to that one as well? No. He didn't admit to that No. But during the trial, he... Um, another guy testified that Harrelson had told him that he was the shooter and that he claimed... Um, and that he had drew him, a ma drew him some maps and where he was hiding in Dealey Plaza um, during the assassination. So during that trial, the FBI, at least supposedly... Um, looked into this information, uh, but then they claimed to discount all that information um, that Harrelson was saying. Do you know, like, on what grounds? Like, why they... They just said that it was... Uh, they had no proof. Uh, they, you know, couldn't... Uh, they just think it was b bullshit. Um, okay. uh, yeah, in uh, Jim Mars' book, um, 1989... Um, Crossfire, the, the title of the book is Crossfire, in 1989, um, Mars stated that Harrelson was involved with criminal, criminals connected with intelligence agencies and the military, and that he was connected to Jack Ruby through this other guy named Russell D Douglas Matthews, a third party with links to organized crime and was known to be um, both uh, Harrelson, he was, he was known to both Harrelson and Ruby. Wait, and Ruby was, he was from our first episode. Jack Ruby was the guy who shot Oswald while Oswald was in police custody. Jack Ruby okay. was. Okay. So, huh. Char Charles so Harrelson, somehow, so Charles Harrelson, the whole story of Charles Harrelson is a shady-ass story. He was a con man, a hit man, um, he was convicted of this murder of the judge, but he was also, um had been in prison, in and out of prison a bunch of times. But he was there, too. Like, they, he was proven to be there at... I don't know if he was 100% proven to be at Dilly Plaza so on that day, but... He wasn't in the picture with those... They the thought it was, but that was never to prove definitively that that was him. Uh, that is all hearsay. It just... Well, I mean, I guess it goes Side against, by side comparison. I mean, I guess it goes against, the, like, the government's theory, but, like, why wouldn't someone look into that if they think it was him in the photograph... He has ties to Ruby and, you know, all these other people. Plus, he's got a criminal history and was possibly, like, known to be there. Why wouldn't that be an avenue to explore? And he was over by where people heard shots from. So Right, but at the time of the Warren Commission and um, all this, you know, they didn't have any of this information. Oh, so this all, all of this like, is later on, like, okay, that's, independent okay. researchers. I guess that's what I was getting at. Like, why wasn't this looked into? Yeah, which the, the FBI supposedly said during the Harrelson trial that they looked into his possibility of being a shooter and decided that mm -hmm. it was all bullshit and they didn't pursue it any any further. Right. But in the Jim Mars book, um, Crossfire, he's the one that did all the research that determined that he was that Harrelson was connected to intelligence agencies, the military, 
and that he was connected to Jack Ruby through that other guy. You know, it's very strange. That is really strange. <laughs> like, there's a lot of little pieces that add up to a, you know, a, a big possibility there. Yeah, it's very odd, you know. So, they, about, uh, remember when you went um, with your mom uh, last year, you and the kids went up to that cabin, and I came just for the day, and then I drove back because I had to work the next day? Mm-hmm. Well, um, during that time, uh, I listened to a podcast on the way back called Son of the Hitman. It was uh, created by this guy, host, the host and journalist uh, Jason Kavanaugh. So he goes deep into Harrelson's past and interviews Charles' sons, uh, Brett and Jordan, uh, quite extensively about his dad, their dad, uh, Charles Harrelson. So the, um, Woody never agreed he he never was interviewed. Okay. Um, but the podcast shines a light on who Charles Harrelson was, but it stopped short of being able to definitively prove that Harrelson shot JFK. But what you know, one thing's for certain: Charles Harrelson was an interesting guy, and not only an interesting guy, but it seems like almost a really good fit too, just because of all the circum. I mean, again, it's all circumstantial, but that's a lot to. Yeah. To have stacked against you. Right. To me, and to me, this whole aspect, this uh, Charles Harrelson and whatnot, it's very odd, and it, it seems like in all in all these conspiracies, it's almost always people who are uh, connected in all these weird ways in, to some either organized crime, secret societies, fraternities, um, some weird ties that, uh, you know... Because there's an underworld of society that um, regular people aren't operating in, but that underworld still exists. Uh, it's and right, it's yeah, and it's yeah. underneath. You know, people just don't know. Right. I'm sure in in every big city and everywhere around the country to today, uh, you know, who knows what's really going on with the police department, with the local governments, with you know. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, you can pay anybody out for anything if you have enough money, and there's. Like you said, there's all kinds of, like, seedy, um, I don't know, people and things just going on that, you know, normal, everyday, good moral people don't know about or don't deal with because, they're, I mean, they're poor, like us. Yeah, we, they, we, our, we got too much time on our hands. Yeah, we, like, you know, we don't have enough time on our hands to right, be like, dealing yeah, with that bullshit. Right, like, yeah, we're going to work, we're dealing with kids, we got family and, you know, whatever, but if you grow up in that lifestyle, you know... That's how that's how that type of lifestyle continues, you know. Right. So I mean, it makes sense, you know. Like there is a black market. Like people hear about it. I've never seen it, but I'm sure it's there. You know what I mean? Like and just like drugs. Like there's probably drugs everywhere. Just just because I don't see it doesn't mean that people don't get it from somewhere. Don't find it. Don't have right. drug dealers, etc. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know. So and one thing that I've noticed in all of the conspiracies that I've ever looked into. Um, if any person is ever linked to an intelligence agency or underground shit, um, it's not good. It's not a good sign. Because, uh, you know, the CIA, the FBI, and all these organizations, they're doing God knows what type of operations on a daily basis that is never being disclosed. And the only time we ever even find out about it is 50 years later. Uh, and even if we do find out about it, it's either disinformation, misinformation, propaganda, or straight-up lies. Well, and, and, you know, when they do, like, actually release the truth sometimes, I think they do it so long because then people are like, well, that happened 50, 100 years ago. Like, what can I do about it now? Nobody cares about it now. Right. Even though that whole time has been a blatant lie at the, at the time. Right. But by the time it's actually brought out to the public, nobody cares anymore. And... I think that actually is like a huge problem in our society is that when the stuff actually comes to, people don't care enough to actually like do something about it. Yeah. You know? And so even though, like right now, we could, just with our political standing right now, we could be going through one of the biggest lies in history with COVID and um, just the way our government's going right now. But, you know, in 50 years from now, if they decided that they wanted to release that this COVID stuff was bullshit... And it really is just the flu, like normal, or whatever, have you, you know, what have you. 
people aren't going to care. They're like, well, 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 that's too bad. Like, yeah, oh well. It's done and over with now. I can't fix it. I can't change it. Yeah. And then history repeats itself. Lie after lie after lie, cover up after cover up, you know. I also find it interesting with this Charles Harrelson aspect is why do so many national figures, um, how do they get connected and become to the points they're at? You know, Woody Harrelson is uh, pretty famous. I mean, a multi-millionaire um, actor. Um, obviously talented, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like a lot of these um, actors um, come from... Uh, a lot of them are almost always tied back to the CIA, the military... Um, or some sort of fraternal organization uh, for generations and generations back, you know. It's not like uh, Justin Bieber just pops up one day or Taylor Swift just pops up one day or any of these people. You know, if you look into their histories and their stories and everything, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, their grandpa was um, in the CIA or, you know, who knows what. And it's like, it's the same... Uh, scenario here with Charles Harrelson his dad I mean some pretty serious shit if you were one of the shooters uh, you know he could have been in the CIA who knows Uh, and uh, Woody Harrelson um, is so famous now right I don't know I think not that one and two uh, could equal that but it's just odd you know because obviously it it is odd because I mean don't get me wrong like kind of like what you're seeing with the celebrity stuff like well most celebrity people are celebrities because they came from celebrities they came from big families or whatever right every once in a great while yeah a quote-unquote talented person will become you know a celebrity i guess but i feel like the people that are already in it already know that their life is corrupt like and that's why they live the way they live. Like, they could attempt, and I don't get me wrong, I, I know that there would be trials and whatever, but I know that they could try to live like normal people if they wanted to, but, you know, then they'd have to give up so much. And the people that are becoming famous, if, say, they're a nobody, I do think that they have to give up a lot. Like, they basically have to say, like, I'll do whatever you want and want me to do, which puts them in a predicament, but they want that fame. They want everyone to know their name and to have money, and to have all that stuff, and they're willing they are willing to do that. They're willing to be immoral and whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're never going to be to that level, uh, you know, but it seems like everyone that is on that level has some weird connections. Right. You're, you're, you're not uh, wrong like in that. Almost every A-list actor has got some strange connections, like, what the hell is really going on? Right. You know, which... Well, that's because, just kind of <laughs> like you were talking about earlier, how there's the, like seedy shit going on, you know, the underground stuff, well, just because they're rich and high societal or whatever, they have their own society going on as well. Right. Like we're completely different societies. Yeah, we, we have no clue what they are up what, to. Or we have what. no idea what their life entails of what it consists of. I always think, I know it's a, maybe a dumb reference, but like, it's like the Hunger Games, you know? We're the worker bees in our sections. The, yeah, in the shitty districts. In our sh- shitty districts doing the work and whatever and then all of a sudden someone gets to go to that district and they're just appalled because they can't believe you know they're eating to the point of throwing up just so they can eat more you know that's probably shit they do you know what i mean like you find out about these child sex rings and everything they have a whole different lifestyle so i mean charles harrelson you know he probably was one of those people just on maybe not on the celebrity aspect but on the cd underside right you know or whatever and has his ties, so I don't know. There's just too much with this Charles Harrelson guy. I I don't know. Now that you've brought that up, because I actually had never heard that before. Yeah. But I actually think that that's a pretty good lead, to be honest with you. I know, and if you want Shockingly. to hear more about that, uh, listen to that Son of a Hitman um, podcast. It's like a 10-part podcast purely about Charles Harrelson. Um, I, it was pretty good. The only thing I disliked about it was... Um, you know, he kept getting closer and closer to possible truths, but never, 
You know, just like every conspiracy. But that's the you point. You never fucking get the straight answer from anybody and it just all turns to shit. Right. But that's know? the point. That's the why it's <laughs> conspiracy is because there are so many like, oh my God, yeah, that's it. But there's that one thread that's like, oh, maybe not. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's literally why it's a conspiracy theory. Right. And that's why we're fucking talking about it. So, I don't know. But to me, now I want to listen to that thing that you're talking about because to me that sounds... Yeah, the it was, most uh, the most legit. Yeah, out it was, of everything it was I've quite heard. interesting. Yeah, that to me seems like the most legit thing I've heard, just because he ties in in so many different ways, um, and like you said, you know, like people heard things coming from that area, and he just happens to be in that area, and possibly even photographed in that area, and then admits to it years later. Like, I mean, if I was a hitman, <laughs> say I'm a hitman, you know, I mean, really look at me. There's no fucking way in hell, but pretend I'm a hitman. And I know that I'm going down for something else, this judge thing or whatever. Like, if I'm going to be in prison for life or I'm going to be sentenced to death, you damn right I want to want people to know that I'm the one that did it. Like, if I'm already, my life is over with basically at this point. Like, I know I'm either going to rot in jail forever, die in jail, whatever the situation may be. I might as well, I'm going to take credit for what I've done because I want people to know my name at that point. If I'm a shitty person who... Yeah, went and did something that grand. Right. I mean, if you you're know? if you're a career criminal, is crim, cr- criminality and and being a hitman or whatever. I right. Mean, like I want to be just another the hitman. You know what I mean? Right. Like no one is gonna like I don't know. In the world of criminals, I just can't imagine anyone ever talking shit to you then if they knew that you were the one. Like you're the one that did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that um, in that podcast they were talking about Har- Harrelson had some card that he would give out to people and on the card it said like uh hitman con man um it was a pretty funny card um you could probably find a you know what? i'm internet. just gonna make cards like that just for fun now just to hand out to people and then when they see me limping along <laughs> i'm just i'm gonna give them this card and be like yeah call me <laughs> it was pretty funny uh but yeah need your neighbor whacked call me <laughs> uh. Okay, so another another person, uh, another theory on um, another shooter is uh, the dark-complected man. Um, so a few of these other ones here, I just threw a bunch of them in, you know, because what I'm trying to outline is that there is a shitload of alternative theories about who shot JFK. And besides just there, like you said, the rubber stamps. Yeah, besides the, the Oswald. And, um, and I'm, I'm only just listing some. Uh, but each one that I'm listing, you could spend, I mean, uh, two hours just researching each one of these things I'm talking about. And going about. down each rabbit hole yourself, yeah. yeah. So this one is called is called The Dark Complected Man. He was sitting on the sidewalk next to the Umbrella Man, and some claim that he was a Cuban, um, which would show the government involvement in the assassination. So some people think he somehow got a shot off, or who knows what, um... And that uh, being that the whole thing with Cuba and JFK, uh, the Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Christ and all that, that um, it was a possible Cuban assassin. Um, So, you know, that's that's the dark complected man theory. Okay. Very minimal info other than a guy. All you can tell is it's a guy sitting next to. Okay, um, so the no, umbrella man. No one, there's no witnesses no. saying they saw him with a gun. No, or... there's like virtually no information about that. And if uh, he's sitting on the sidewalk, I mean, first of all, you'd think that a lot of people would have seen him with a weapon if he was sitting right there up yeah. in the front. Even JFK security, you'd think that would see that, so I don't know. Yeah, it seems far-fetched. I just threw it in there because it, there, it, it's another one. Okay. So then another one is the uh, badge man and the tin hat man. So these people can be seen uh, in the photograph taken by Mary Mormon um, one-sixth of a second after JFK was shot, uh, struck with a fatal head wound. Uh, these are the other figures found on the grassy knoll um, uh, by researchers Jack White and uh, Gary Mack, who, who made the documentary The Man Who Killed Kennedy. Uh, the man called the badge man, because uh, he appears to be dressed as a cop, um, this fueled the theory that the Dallas police were involved in the plot. So, uh, just a total random theory, 
about these guys. They just um, appear to be um, on the grassy knoll uh, in a photograph taken one-sixth of a second by this lady named Mary Mormon uh, right after JFK was struck with a fatal head wound. Okay, and again, if that picture was taken right afterwards, any weapons, any... Uh, no. Nothing? Nah. Nothing seen in the Mm-mm. picture? Okay. Not really, just those two figures, and um, they just, one of them was dressed as a police officer with a badge, so that's what fueled the, I mean, you can go watch the the Man Who Killed Kennedy documentary, and I'm sure they'll go into that, but that's just another theory on possible shooters from the grassy knoll. Okay. All right, uh, another one is William Greer. Um, so William Greer testified before the Warren Commission. Um, oh, I put the, I put this info in because guess what date this guy testified to the Warren Commission on? I don't know. March 9th, 1964. Of course, my birthday. <laughs> I'm telling you what, my birthday, I don't know. This is a side note. It has nothing to do with the JFK stuff at all. Well, apparently it does, and I didn't even know it. But my birthday is bad luck. I don't know what it is about that day, but usually that day or within roughly a week or two of my birthday, like bad shit goes down. Every year, I hate my birthday. I literally tell people to stay home, don't go anywhere, don't light a fire, nothing. Like, just don't do shit. So, nice to know. It's not just me. This is before I was born. Right. Yeah. So, it's, it's I just found it interesting because I'm just researching all these different shooters and I'm just looking up the dates and I'm like, oh shit, he testified to the Warren Commission on March 9th, 1964. Figures. That's odd. Yeah. So, uh, Roy, Roy Kellerman, the senior Secret Service, uh, so this this is basically the last um, theory um, on the shooters, but the Roy Kellerman, the senior select uh, Secret Service agent, was sitting next to Kennedy, told Greer to get out of the line, uh, out of the line of fire, but Greer looked back at Kennedy twice before speeding off. So R- R- William Greer was the driver. Of, of the motorcade that day, of JFK's uh, vehicle, yes. Okay. So, uh, during the commission, the this other guy, the senior Secret Service guy, um, kind of blamed Greer for slowing down. So they heard a shot, and this guy, Roy Kellerman, supposedly told Greer, like, step on it, you know, like, fuck, we're... Being attacked. Yeah, I mean, get out of the, you know, in an ambush, if you were ever in an ambush, number one, get the fuck out of the kill zone. That's the number one thing. Okay, but William Greer, he's he's driving. What is he? Is he a security... He was in the Secret Service. Military? Okay, so he should have known, like, because my point is, is, like, you said he looked back twice beforehand, proving that he, like, took his time or whatever, but... I, I just I guess I'm trying to point out like maybe he panicked or he wasn't trained to do that but obviously if he's in secret service you'd assume that he has been through extensive training he knows what to do he knows like hey I'm I do what I'm told if I hear a shot like I need to get the president out of there basically yeah okay. and I I don't know if at that time if that was the standard operating procedure to get out of the kill zone but I mean that's pretty much infantry tactics 101 in an ambush. Especially if shots are coming from the side, you know, your left or right, to not stop. Because if you stop, obviously it's easier to shoot a static target. But do you have any, do you have any um, like, history on William Greer himself? Like, like, like you said, he was Secret Service. I would assume to be yes. Secret Service of the President. You'd have to have, like, extensive experience. Uh, yeah. You'd have to have... Well, you, you, it's stuff. like any other... Uh, agency, you have to go through. I know what I'm saying. Physically, had he ever been through a traumatic something before? Because you just never know how you're going to react in a, a moment like that. So I could see, you know, like me, I'm fairly good under pressure just because I've been medical before. Like I, I know how to react pretty quickly and to get things done. Um, but I know a lot of people who wouldn't. I mean, my mom, you know, she would panic and she would just probably walk away. She'd be one of those people that you'd be like, how could you just turn a blind eye, but I think she would panic and that's what she would do because she just doesn't know what to do, so she just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that. Has he ever been through something traumatic before where he would know, like, hey, I, yep, I, I'm going to jump in, I know exactly what to do, whatever, or maybe this... 
Yeah. It was his first time uh, having something was, terrible happen. And he he just, was widely criticized for this. Well, I imagine and, so. I mean, he was wi- widely criticized for uh, stopping. And, you know, he did right. obviously go after that. But um, he wasn't disciplined or anything for it. Um, so the other theory about this guy also um, was that uh, in 1991, uh, so the famous book Behold a Pale Horse by William Cooper, you know, this is like one of the biggest conspiracy books ever written. Um, it's really what kind of uh, solidified the whole New World Order idea. Um, but in that book, Behold a Pale Horse, um, Cooper says that William Greer, William Greer turned back and shot uh, Kennedy. And he's the one that shot him in turned the back and head. back himself. Yeah, that he, he turned back and shot and then kept going. And uh, that's why um, in the Zapruder film, it looks like he was, uh, you know, shot like this with, you know, with his head flying backwards. Right. And you can't see my husband, obviously, but he's making a, he's, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's making head a flying backwards. backward motion, you know, as if he, a bullet entered his forehead and was flung backwards. Um, that's, that's what he's doing here. Um, but yeah, I guess, I don't know, I haven't seen the footage of JFK getting shot in quite some time, but can you see Greer? Uh, you can, you can, but you, it's, I looked at it and it, you can't really, I mean, you, he looks back, no doubt about it. Right. Um, but you can't tell if there's something in his hand. Yeah. You can't it, tell if they he's... say that there's a little glint of light that possibly, um, some people say that it wasn't a uh, actual gun, that it was um, like a uh, pneumatic type of like single shot um, bolt gun type thing, you know, not an actual pistol, like a single shot, like assassination okay. type weapon. Um, but then he would have had to, I mean, he would have had one shot then. Right. You know what I mean? So he wouldn't have been able to miss. Right. Period. Yeah. So that's why you know all this is just what. And wasn't JFK shot more than once? Yeah. And then there was we talked about this and there one mm-hmm. we talked about the weird stray bullet thing. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. Whatever. So I I don't think that. Yeah. Happened. So this is uh, the claim made by um, William Cooper in, in the book Behold a Pale Horse, and he based the claim purely off of the washed out version of the Zapruder film. That shows the Greer pointing a gun at Kennedy when he looks back and then shooting him after he notices that the other shots didn't kill Kennedy. Um, but this claim is definitely disputed. And one other thing about Greer is there's other people um, speculated that... Um, so Greer was born in Ireland and was an Ulster Protestant. And some claim that he shot Kennedy because of Kennedy's Catholic faith hmm. so that is another fact like a, about greer it was that he was a that would have been his motive is what people are saying yeah because in obviously in ireland catholics and protestants have been fighting you know Forever. for a long ass time and whatever um so and to to um greer's deathbed i mean he definitely did not say you know he he's can maintain his innocence. Yeah, he and he back. he was definitely um, known for being the guy who fucking was there and and stopped. So it kind of, you know, I wouldn't say it ruined his life, but it definitely. I mean, it, it definitely didn't benefit he, his life. Yeah, he ended up um, resigning from the Secret Service, I think, or something, and I think he ultimately died from like cirrhosis or something. So probably became from drinking and, and you know. So to me, yeah, that says that it pretty much ruined his life, and right. maybe in a moment of panic, that it literally destroyed him. You know, because yeah, you're the guy that didn't just drive off fast enough to save the president. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like that, kind of like Charles uh, Harrelson there. Like you're the guy that's linked to this, or no, not that guy. I was sorry, I was talking about. Um, the Umbrella Man guy. Oh. Like, you just happen to be there at the wrong place, wrong time, and then this guy, who happens to just be driving around Secret Service and makes, you know, a mistake because he panics or whatever the situation is, yeah. and now he's forever blamed, you know, 
Yeah, like if you would have just, you know, they always say, if you would have just stepped on the gas, maybe uh, JFK wouldn't have got two shots and maybe he would have lived, you know, all kinds of shit like that. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't benefit his life, that's for damn sure. Yeah, just kind of another side note story on on the whole multiple shooters thing. Just another odd thing about, um, you know, it, who knows? It, it seems plausible enough. To me, it doesn't really seem like the true. Um, but it's another theory that's out there. And, you know, pretty much my conclusion is o- Oswald most likely didn't make the shots from the, the Texas, Texas School Book Depository building. And that JFK's assassination is most likely the result of multiple shooters. I mean... So that's what you think? I think, yeah. I I think that JFK was most likely shot by multiple shooters. Whoever had the best shot from a ground level. Um, Who was it? I don't know. Uh, What would you say your best guess would be? If you had to choose someone, what would your best guess be as to... Someone from behind the fence at the grassy knoll. If so I you maybe think one of the tramps did it. Possibly, if it if it were me, doing it, I would want to be kind of behind that grassy knoll. Um, you know, because you ha- you'd have a perfect shot, and uh, you have concealment with the fence, and you have the railroad tracks. You know, it's e- uh, easy. Easy getaway too. Easy, yeah. yeah. See, so you know, the main things you want when you're shooting from a sniper's position is. Right. Easy egress, concealment, and standoff, which the grassy knoll was, you know, a, not super far away, but far enough away out of, to be able to see clearly, and it had concealment of the fence and it had easy exit. So, you know, if it were, if I had to guess, I would say most likely came from you, the grassy knoll. Those- people whoever they were that did do it from that area. No. This okay. I'm, I'm just just hear me out. Your theory is someone over there by the train tracks, whatever, mm-hmm. because of what you just said. But do you think that those people were tied in with the government still? Or do you think they took advantage of the situation after the fact and then blamed Oswald because he had other ties and whatever? To... No, I think that all that was just purely coincidental information. You know, I, I think that it was an operation, most likely, planned. And whoever took the shots and you know it was all planned well planned and executed by the government by the government in some way and that's why it's worked and has lived on to this day and why no one has ever spoken out or gotten you know uh ever was convicted or anything like that because and that's how that always happens too like no one's ever convicted in these types of any of these conspiracy things right no one's ever convicted it just everything just happens to go completely I guess in the government's favor, just right, but in the grand scheme of an investigation, goes completely wrong, and nothing can be figured out. No one's ever arrested, and just it remains a mystery, thus creating conspiracy theory forever. Right. Uh, you know, so I, I think the real conspiracies and the real things that happen um, were almost always fed a bullshit story, mm-hmm. and who knows what really is going on. Because all the successful assassinations and things like that they aren't found out. Right. They're, um, <laughs> they succeed, and then the person dies, uh, which I think that's the case with JFK. I think that he was assassinated by a professional uh, in the government, probably the CIA, just because the CIA is pretty much the, their own government um, within our government. And just dressed like those tramp people. Who and, knows, yeah. Something, something I mean, to that effect. Something to that effect, and that... Um, they got away with it because that's all they do for a living is right. commit those types of acts. They're good at it. And, uh, you know, I think that's what happened. Um, I, I mean, I don't know as much as you. I, I mean, you're, you've you always liked JFK and looking into that and whatnot. So I obviously don't know as much as you, but the more I have learned and the stuff that I have seen, I actually am kind of leaning towards that Charles Harrelson guy because that, I mean, there's just a lot of little things and, like, you know how your gut just tells you sometimes, and that's just my gut feeling, is because there's so many little things that add up that I'll, I've learned over the years a lot of things just aren't coincidences. So 
that's just my that's just my thoughts. But anyway, I kind of want to hear what you guys think. Like, what are your guys' thoughts and theories on that? You can, uh, you know, send us an email. Our email's in the on the website there, dt to mention at protonmail.com. So why don't you let us know what you guys think about that? Because I, I mean, I'm learning right along with some of the rest of you. So. Yeah, so basically all these points are just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, everything that I've said in this, the last podcast and this podcast are super entry level um, <laughs> to this whole conspiracy of JFK. Um, so the, the JFK conspiracy, um, that, that's one of the ones that kind of got me more into conspiracy theories originally is um well and like you said you could go hours and hours and hours into each one of these theories and you only listed at some of them yeah so i mean you could spend and this is just only one aspect of right. lee harvey oswald and not even the aspect of lee harvey oswald it's just lee harvey oswald taking the shots from the building and the possibility of there being multiple shooters i mean there's 20 different things of, of just about lee harvey oswald being a fucking government agent and 20 other fucking things about all so that way more theories just yeah on alone. purely even before all this you know that mm -hmm. you can go into which i recommend everyone does you know because the the other thing though that that kind of um gets me about this um the jfk conspiracy theory is there's also a conspiracy theory that the entire idea of JFK being assassinated by the CIA is a misinformation campaign to sow uh, discord in the American public to distrust the government. <laughs> so it's like, you know... So it, are you saying it's like a conspiracy theory to have conspiracy theories right. against conspiracy theories? Yeah. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's a disinformation campaign, you know, because the best way to have... Uh, to never know the truth is just flood the zone with every bullshit story you could think of mm -hmm. um, in order to make it seem like even if you could even say the real story but it's never gonna come to light because of all the false stories out there that there's no well, way right, because, I mean again that brings us back to that's why it's conspiracy theory to begin with is because there's all these threads okay and even though you have a whole ball of yarn over here this one little thread that you're like questioning i don't know but then you have this other ball of yarn that's got all this stuff too and that one's got one thread and you're like oh shit there's this one thing though here too you know it's just mm -hmm. kind of like that and you keep pulling threads you know what i mean but it doesn't mean you're gonna get the right thread so i don't know it is crazy yeah and uh that's why i wanted to go a little bit more into um the multiple shooters aspect because i think if you get into uh conspiracies and uh especially the jfk um one thing that really brought me into into it was the aspect of the multiple shooters and um lee lee harvey oswald's backstory also it's like just seems like such bullshit and so many um things that there's no way it's a coincidence that you know has led me to believe that it was most likely not him, and uh, I wish we could just know the truth someday. <laughs> one well, day, I, mean, I would just like to know the truth at least about at least one thing. You know, one day, just tell me. Even I would even like, even if it is bad, I just would like to know. Like, okay, well, everybody wants the truth. Like, hello, uh, Americans. Um, just so you guys know, we assassinated JFK. Um, this is why we did where, it. You know, this the CIA really runs the government, and we have to do all this because we're trying to make money. We got to, you know, JFK wasn't on the program, and we had to get rid of him. You know, we're putting fluoride in your tap water to dumb you down and sterilize you. Uh, we're putting chemtrails out in the sky to mind control you and uh, control the environment. You know, we're starting false wars with, with all kinds of places for money. Um, you know, obviously it's fucked up, but I would rather just hear hear that. Like, just come out with it. Like, well, sick wouldn't of it. everybody like that? <laughs> well, folks, at least you know where uh, the podcast is going in our upcoming our upcoming uh, episodes here. Now, now you know. He's giving it away. 
Yeah, so that wraps up uh, this episode of Double Thought Dimension, um, all about Oswald and multiple shooter theories. Um, you can reach us at doublethoughtdimension.com. Our email is dtdimension at protonmail.com. Uh, and if you go to the website, doublethoughtdimension.com, um, you can click on uh, the RSS feed, which will have a link to... Um, you can enter that RSS feed information into whatever podcast player you want. Uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, AntennaPod, um, whatever one you, you like. Just enter our RSS feed into it and you'll have uh, instant uh, uploads. Anytime we uplo upload an episode, it'll instantly go to your podcast player. So um, that's kind of the plan. And uh, yeah, so tune in for... The next episode and doublethoughtdimension.com. All right, thanks for listening, guys. All right, peace out.